of the following program has been inexplicably and very mysteriously replaced by a curious hum. We are sending it out to uh, international experts and technicians to discover just who the hell is covering up here. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. I'll ask you a, I'll ask you a, a, a speaking of a Christmas trivia, I'll ask you a bit of Christmas trivia here. About uh, three or four years ago, with great hoopla, it was announced that the Nixon children had given Richard Milhouse Nixon, the President of the United States, a much-publicized Christmas gift. What was it? Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to the... No, no, it was not an alligator skin leather supina holder. It was not. Merry Christmas. <laughs> that wasn't bad, was it, Joe? Merry Christmas. <laughs> All right, come on, what was it? Come on, come on, come on, come on, Paisan, come, come. Oh, no, it was not a dog. That is a clue that uh, just absolutely... Of course, it's true, you always say. No, no, it was not a dog. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Listen, uh, anybody who gives anybody else, unless it happens to be somebody very close to them in their family, anybody who gives anybody else a an animal for Christmas is asking for any kind of roasting they can get in hell and probably will get. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Get out of here. Do you know it is not a, a chair? This is something that has to do with the sporting life. No, it was not a hearing aid. No, it was not a hearing aid nor an earwax cleaner. No, what was it? Merry Christmas. Why do I remember this stuff and everybody else sits around like dumb clods? You know, you got cauliflower between the ears. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Speaking of Merry Christmas, as part of our vast public service programming here, uh, we, of course, keep you abreast as to various trends in Christmas gifties. And uh, I uh, receive all kinds of catalogs and I walk around, I look in the windows, you know, to just see which way it's going, you know. You, the wind blows in many directions. <laughs> George, it does. <laughs> and it carries with it many omens. <laughs> yes, indeed. Some nights when the wind is blowing in from Secaucus, you begin to realize there's a big, vast, fermenting country out there, don't you? It's, uh, it's good for us here in, in studio land. Uh, it is. It's a never-never land of showbiz to be reminded from time to time that life is real, life is earnest, and it's a whole damn big compost heap out there. It sure is. I mean, you know, you get so used to the grandeur and the elegance of Sixth Avenue that uh, that you tend to forget, uh, yes, you tend to forget that other people out there are scratching, man. I mean, when you're walking along Sixth Avenue and you're, you're knee-deep in them cigar butts and... Uh, and all those beer cans. And, and uh, the other day, yeah, the other day I go past an OTB office. And uh, for those of you who don't know what it is, and you're living out there in the boonies, OTB is the off-track betting 
office here. You see some great-looking people going in and out of them, you know. <laughs> the other day, I go past the OTP office, and, and there is a, a man and a woman in violent, bitter argument. And the, she is crying, and he is standing there looking contrite. And, I, you know, I had this visions. A vision came right there before my head, you know. It was a vision... Do you remember the old song? Oh, Father, dear Father, come home with me now. The bell in the steeple chimes eight. You remember that? Do you ever hear that song? It was a great song. It was a, it was a, it was a song about a kid, see, singing uh, to his father or her father who was in the, you know, he's in this terrible saloon and he's drinking down this 3.2 beer and, and uh, you know, just carousing like hell. And uh, here it is. It's wintertime and, and Mommy and the... Kids are back home starving. He take he no longer can afford to, you know, buy anything but beer now. To hell with the kids, see. And the the the, uh, the the song is this kid standing in the doorway, and this old sock, you know, drinking 3.2 beer and rousting around, you know, looking at ladies in red dresses. And the kid is singing, "Father, dear father, come home with me now. The clock in the steeple chimes eight. Well, that's a you know, I could see that happening in the OTB. I could see, you know, a kid arriving at the OTB office over there on 7th Avenue, you know, Father, dear father, come home with me now. They're off at the 7th and Rockingham, and you ain't going to win. And, uh, and <laughs> and you could see just why I am not an institution in this city. It's certainly... <laughs> But uh, it would. I saw this lady, and she was crying, and a guy is standing there looking contrite. And I realize, of course, he's lost his entire welfare check over there. You know, <laughs> there he is. He's, he's blown the whole thing this afternoon on number seven on the fourth, and it went down the drain. Father, dear father, come home. Now, uh, may I uh, give you a suggestion here? As I said, this is part of our Christmas cheer. Uh, part of our Christmas cheer public servicing here of... Uh, yeah, that word servicing is different than service, isn't it? Especially if you know anything about farms. Better be be careful using that word. Oh, father, dear father. <laughs> I could see Joseph said he got... He didn't know what the hell I was talking about there. Uh, but this is no. This part of our vast, uh, very, very concerned public service department here... Among other things, we uh, send you various uh, joyful Christmas-type commercials. And, uh, Joe, please, would you hit the joyful Christmas-type commercial button? Number one there. It's right on the list there. There you go. Tonight, there instead of the you usual play that machine before dinner, Joe. how about a Dubonnet before yeah. dinner? Tonight, before you fix the usual, before you settle down with the same old thing, have a Dubonnet What is the same old thing around here? Yelling and hollering, throwing dishes. Before dinner. Just pour it over the rocks. <laughs> Add a twist. Soda, if you like. Well, that's Dubonnet before. Dubonnet before. Made to make what thing. comes after that much yeah. better. Dubonnet Company, New York, New York. Dubonnet. 
Uh, that's good stuff. A little spritz of Dubonnet over the rocks. Not bad, really. Some of the old roses there singing around them cheeks. You know, speaking of, uh, you know, that commercial's kind of nice. It says it makes everything that comes after seem better. And they don't tell you what it is, it's the after. It could be almost anything. You know, you imply meatloaf, uh, you know, red cabbage, little mashed potatoes. But uh, on the other hand, it could be almost anything. I know a lot of people who uh, every night before they have dinner, uh, actually, uh, you have to have a certain elegance to call what that you, that meal is dinner. That, you know, that's one, <laughs> that's one of the great separating points. I mean, if you call it supper, you're one of Archie Bunker's crowd. If you call it dinner, you're something else. La Digne, uh, then you're really something else. But uh, <laughs> on the other hand, if you say, hey, what's for supper? Well, you're a different type than George Plimpton. Uh, very different. Of course, supper is a thing one has after the theater in the elegant world. You must know that. Uh, you know, a little, uh, a little crisp, uh, uh, little crisp roasted cheese, little, uh, uh, little slivers of, uh, slivers of toast, and, uh, that's called supper, an elegant little rare bit, perhaps. But uh, on the other hand, uh, <laughs> uh, when that commercial comes in, uh, after. Now, I know many people, and I think you've known them yourself, Joe. You're the, you have the look of a man who's, who's uh, looked at the underbelly of life. You haven't? Have you ignored it? Have you walked away from it? But you're aware that it exists. Hmm. Well, being aware of it is enough sometimes, and it uh, depends on <laughs> really. Uh, and, and I, I, uh, I, I just think that a lot of people, uh, and I've known several in my time, who prefaced every meal, or let's say uh, followed every meal with a giant family fight. That's a family fight time. When do you have your fights around your house, Joe? I mean, uh, are they set? You don't have them. I see. Hmm. Just as smooth as silk. Glass, I see. Okay. Very nice. Your life is an untroubled, placid pool of peace and tranquility, right? Very good. How do you manage that? Novocaine? I see. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good trick if you could pull it off. Uh, speaking of magic, uh, would you please hit the magic festival button, please? The world's greatest magicians perform at the World Festival of Magic and the Occult, the weirdest show on earth. An unforgettable experience. Bring the whole family. Yes. each other's hands. The World Festival of Magic and the Occult, the weirdest show on earth. Wednesday, December 12th through Sunday, December 30th at the Felt Forum in Madison Square Garden Center. For ticket information, call 212-564-4400. Tickets also at Ticketron. Yes, very good. Very good, he talks loud. Uh, the magic. The magic of life. Well, I, uh, I, don't, I don't want to uh, you know, discourage anybody here today, but uh, let's put it this way. In spite of the fact that your life is one of great tranquility, peace, Basic human understanding, compassion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of other people's ain't. And you just have to accept that. Now, it may be hearsay to you, but you'd be surprised. Some people, it's hard to believe. It really is. Some people say bad things to other people in that world out there. 
for isn't that uh, that's shocking? Isn't it, Joe? For no other provocation than that they're there. Oh no, no, Jerry doesn't know about this. This never happens in his life either. And I might say it never happens in my life, and I'm nobody that I know. But I have heard rumors. I have heard rumors, yes. Uh, in fact, uh, one day I was walking down, uh, I believe it was uh, Morton Street, which is a small street in the village, a lot of apartments down there, and one of the apartments there was second story there, and the window was open. And I distinctly heard a guy say the following, I've had enough of this! Well, that's all I heard. Now, enough of what? Uh, I did not hear any answer. Uh, I, 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 uh, it didn't sound like he was, he was referring to uh, the second quarter of a jet ski, not the way he said it, because there was a crash and a tinkle of glass immediately following that. Now, whatever happened, I have no idea, and I'm not prepared to... Ex- By the way, speaking of the milk of human kindness, and since it does flow so deep and rich and heavy through your veins... Uh, we would like to suggest that you uh, bleed off a little bit in the direction of the WOR Children's Christmas Fund. There's a suggestion for you. Just send whatever extra dough you got in your your uh, jeans there to Box 710, Times Square Station, New York, 10036, and that will be certainly helpful for the WOR Children's Christmas Fund. We'll send a couple of children to Greenland. Is everything all under control there? Have I made a station break yet? Jerry, have I? Haven't I? Well, it it seems like it's about that time, isn't it? I just wondered. Yes, uh... Oh, wait a minute. Just a minute. It's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, Oh, what the hell? Uh, What is this station that, uh... Huh? No, no. Sometimes, uh, sometimes, have you ever had the, the sensation of your entire life going before your eyes? You know, uh, you know. they always say when you're drowning, your entire life pro- uh, proceeds to parade through your head, right? Which seems kind of interesting. They could do all that that quick. But uh, nevertheless, uh, this is a... And from time to time, I find myself, what the... You say this is a station break time? This is W... Yes, it is the... Damn. Right on the tip of my tongue. Every station I work with started with a W. This is uh, a dumb. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> except KYW. I worked there once. I remember that one. Yeah, KYW. No, this is not KYW. I remember KYW had a green studio. This is not KYW. No, they had the dumb-looking engineers. Yeah, and that is, uh, it's very different. Yeah. Oh, they. They're not listening now. They don't stay up this late. Uh, no way. They fall asleep about two or three in the afternoon. Uh, but this is a W... Oh, damn. It's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, I know the company that owns it. There's a sign in here. It's an RKO station. I know that. Uh, but, you know, they own six of them. Let's see. It's a... Uh, and W... Uh, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, that's right. Oh, oh. Yes, W... No, no. W-O-O is another station. That's out in Iowa. Uh, W-O-O, W-O-O, W-O-W-O, no, that's Fort Wayne, Fort Wayne, that's W-O-W-O, yes, Fort Wayne, uh, W-W-O, don't, now wait a minute, don't tell me now, I'll, I'll get it, W, I'll get it, W, 
Uh, o, A? That's close. It's in the same alphabet. W, uh, O, uh, D. No, it doesn't sound right either. Uh, w, O, uh, W, L. No, 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 W, L. That's another station. I, I remember what W, L is. W, L, uh, that, uh, no, W, O, uh, It just was. I could just taste it. <laughs> it was coming up, but it's gone. W O, uh, an RKO General Station in uh, New York. New York. That's right. We are in New York. By God, I know that. Yes, New York was New York when we came in. Yes, it uh, may have changed. You never know. This is a you know a changing world. I'll walk out there tonight, and you're in uh, who knows where Zambezi. Uh, this is W O. If I say it real fast, I got a technique. You know. And people say, you know, they come up and they say, uh, give me the capital of North Dakota. And if you just bark out the first thing you, you, uh, you know, you think of, you're probably nine times out of ten wrong, right? But at least you will have said something, and if you say it quick enough, the guy that hears you thinks you're right. He thinks he's wrong. If you say it quick enough, loud enough, with enough surety. All right, all right. Okay, this is, uh, uh, WOR New York. I know damn well it ain't, though. Is it, is it, it really is? Oh, yeah, of course. What's the matter with me? This is WOR New York. Was, uh, I knew it was there all the time. But uh, we we tonight would like to salute, as part of our vast uh, public service pre-Christmas straws-in-the-wind shopping list, uh, in one of my favorite shopping list catalogs, I have received the following suggestion. Now, it's not does not uh, apply to me here because I'm not the family kid type, but many of you probably have kids. And this is a suggestion for a really creative gift, which says a great deal about our civilization, our time, and the American way of life, too. If you can combine all those things, you've got a really great gift. you agree? I mean, you give somebody a pair of uh, uh, bedroom slippers that look like uh, uh, look like rabbits with the rabbit ears. you ever gotten one of those? I'll never forget one of the most embarrassing Christmas gifts I ever got in my life. I was about about uh, 10, you know. When you're 10, you're beginning to feel like you're getting there, you know. You're sneaking around back at a garage, out back at a gym at school, and telling dirty jokes once in a while. Uh, I, I'd like to ask a, uh, a rhetorical question to all of you out there. Um, not all of you. I'm talking about them metaphorically within the mind, the all of you. Do you recall the first time that you attempted to tell a joke of questionable character, shady overtones? Or are you one of those people who are now 46 and have never told them, and you don't even know what those words are that they write all over the subway? That's you, of course. Right. George, you, you live an interesting life, Joe. I'll tell you. Well, no, let's put it this way. You live an incredibly dull life. <laughs> now we hit it right on the belly button, right? But uh, it's all right. That's all right. I, I, uh, you know, I'm not going to hold it against you. What the hell? Every man to his own dullness, I say. But uh, nevertheless, we would like to suggest this for those of you who are out looking for a Christmas gifty of outstanding creativity and symbolic logic and meaning. And it comes in a Christmas catalog. I'm not making it up. It says a wonderful Christmas gift. It says a, a gift the kids remember. The kid's own roll of fake, phony, photo dough. It says, what fun for the kids. A $250 bankroll. 
with their very own picture and name on each authentic-looking $10 bill. Send us a three-and-a-half by three-and-a-half or smaller black-and-white or color snapshot. We will print it on and any name that wants to go on in the old ancient uh, English script on $25, $10 bills. It makes a nice snappy roll, and the kid will never forget this as a great Christmas gift. Now, that, that combines everything, doesn't you realize, realize what a sentimental gift that is? First of all, America is the land of the rampant ego. Everybody in America believes the world revolves right around his little old belly button. Isn't this true? The world consists of a number of spokes radiating from the center axle of the vast wheel of the solar system, which, strangely enough, is you. Out of all the millions of people, isn't it amazing that you were born the center of the universe? <laughs> but by God, it's true. You're kind of great. You're pleased with that, aren't you? All right. It is the day of the uh, overweening ego. So what better than right away there? Your kid's got his picture printed on what is more important in today's world than a good, crisp, crinkly $10 bill? His, uh, <laughs> and, and it's authentic looking. And I thought to myself, gee, that's a great symbolic gift for a kid. Uh, and it captures so much of the spirit of contemporary Christmas. The crackle of money, uh, brand new 10 And you notice it isn't a $1 bill? You know, a kid get his name on a roll of $1 bills, he's like a gripe like hell. You know, what the hell is this? But uh, it's a 10. That's a nice in-between bill. A 20 would be a little uh, gilding the lily, if I may say so, wouldn't it? But the kid flashes a roll of 10s, and that's not going to be unusual for any kid in, you know, your average affluent neighborhood. Uh, flash a roll of 10s. And if he can flash a roll of 10s with his picture on it, and even pass one, well... You've really, you've really made a Christmas the kid won't forget, especially when he's down there, you know, he gets 7 to 22, and he's sitting down there. He'll never forget you, and uh, he will have started on a whole new career. But, uh, you know, speaking of, uh, of uh, phony money, I <laughs> did you ever get a phony, ever, any, anybody ever pass a phony bill in your, in, in, that you got? I had one one time. I'll never forget it. Was something. I, I, yeah, I, 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 terrible, embarrassing moment. I, I, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what happened to me. It was in Chicago, you know. I come into this place. I go into this. Uh, it was actually a, a cigar store, like you know. I go into a cigar store. Say I was going to buy a magazine or something. I was just standing around and buy some lifesavers or something. So I go into this store, see, and uh, there's a lot of people in there. And uh, I, I take the, the lifesavers or whatever it was, and I go over to the counter. And a lot of, you know, they got one of these little rubber things on the counter with the little fingers that stick up where they throw the quarters. You know those things? So I, I'm, <laughs> I'm standing there, and I'm waiting my turn, and there's a lady ahead of me and a couple of guys behind me. And so I said, oh, I'll have, uh, uh, I'll have the uh, grape uh, raspberry lifesavers here, please. And I hand them this uh, $10 bill. And, uh, you know, I had it. It was my money. I just give him this 10 bucks. And uh, the guy, I guess, is okay. And he turns around. He's got a cash here. Wait, wait. He says, what are you trying to do here? What, what, what is this, Mac? He says, what are you trying to do? What are you giving me here, buddy? I said, what do you mean? He says, get out of here. Hey, 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 Manny. And Manny comes out from behind. Uh, you know, somebody friendly. Manny says, uh, what's the matter, Stan? He says, look at this, man. I want a guy trying to pass me. 
I said, what? It's $10. He says, hey, 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 buddy. Phony $10 bill. What do you got here? Well, that was lucky. I was in a very bad neighborhood. I was in the kind of neighborhood that if they called the cops, they'd be in trouble. So, uh, uh, I, <laughs> you know, and I take a look at this. You should have seen the $10 bill I had. I never looked at it. It looked like it was printed on Charmin John paper. It was the worst looking tell that it was. It was the kind of $10 bill, you know, that a, that a kid would make out of a rubber stamp, you know. There it was. It said $10. And I, somebody had passed that to me. I had, you know. And I said, I, I said, what? I never made this. I said, what the hell is this? And he says, oh, he says, hey, buddy. He says, you ain't going to pass that phony baloney. For God's sakes, look, it's, it's blank on the back even. I said, what the hell is this? He says, come on, give me some money. You want to you buy the Lifesavers? You pay for the Lifesavers. I said, oh, well, of course. And everybody, of course, is in the, in the places looking at me with a bad look like, you know, here's a counterfeiter. And uh, I, I, I barely escaped. I, I, I gave him the, you know, I gave him the dime which I had, and I went out on the street. And people were looking at me, and I walked down the street sort of sideways. And, you know, I was really embarrassed. You know, that, that, that's a terrible thing. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I tried to pass a phony $10 bill, and I didn't know it was phony. I never looked at it. You know, I took it out of my wallet. And when I looked at that phony $10 bill, it was unbelievable that I had ever accepted it. It was embarrassing. I'm serious. It looked like it was printed on, on, you know, squeezable Charmin. It was very cheap-looking, uh, soft, spongy paper, and it was really cheesy-looking. And, and I, you know, it kind of depressed me. I thought, oh, boy. Boy, there's a mark born every minute. And guess whose name's on it? Me. <laughs> you know, everybody tends to think he's pretty smart. You know, you, you, you tend to think, boy, you're never going to get taken by a flim-flam game. Oh, no way. And and, uh, and then I thought to myself, well, where the hell did I get that? See, where did, where did that ten come from? See, hmm. And uh, I, I tried to think of where I had uh, gotten some kind of change. And then it hit me that, that about three or four days before that, I had gone into a gas station, and I had gotten some gas, and I gave the guy a 20. And there I am, sitting in a gas station, of course, and they're filling up the gas, and it hit me. Sure, I know what was the matter. It was a guy behind me, and immediately, you know, bah, bah, he starts to honk. He's getting, hey, what are you doing? Come on. They're crying out loud. What are you going to take all day up there? Come on, Mac. And, of course, they're running around. And the guy came out of the little uh, shell station or whatever it was. It was, well, you know, just a gas station. I don't remember what kind it was. He comes running out. He says, okay, here's your change, sir. And he hands it into the, into the, into the window there. You know, I grab the change, and guys are honking. So I stick it in my coat, and I drive away. Uh-huh. I had been taken by somebody who printed his own $10 bills on John paper in a basement with a rubber stamp. And then I tried to pass it. Well, ever since that time, I felt a little guilty. <laughs> Every time, when you give somebody a $20 bill or something to change your ever oh, God, I hope he doesn't look at it real close. Wow. <laughs> you whistle and you look around. <laughs> you expect to see the guy in the black suit with a gun on the side. Come on, all right, buddy, let's go, let's go. Come on, the wagon's outside. We're ready for you. But I, I, you know, when I read about this, this great gift, you can get the kid's picture on it. Most people could, they couldn't tell you what the, the picture is on, on, a, on a $10 bill. Can you tell me what's on a $10 bill, what the picture of the guy is? Can you tell me? Who's on a $10 bill, either of you? 
who? Jefferson. All right, so we'll accept that. I'm not going to argue with you. You say Jefferson. John Paul Jefferson? There was no such character. Uh, are you speaking of John Paul Jefferson? You mean the one that said, never give up the ship? I see. Yeah, well, uh, all right, who's on a 20 then? Uh-huh, now we're getting pretty rarefied for you, since I know where you work. All right, uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now you see, you can you can almost uh, you can almost have. Now, and this is the season, by the way, that all stores dread because this is the season when 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 most phony bills are passed in the Christmas season. Yeah. So watch out. Watch out. Do you know that one time I got change when I, I got change? Uh, you know, I'm talking about money change. I got change and I walked around with this in my pocket for a couple of days. And I'm in a cab. This happened here in New York. And I'm in a cab. And I reach down in to get uh, I get I, I you get my change out. See, I'm going to give the guy a tip. See, so I got the, I got the tip. And I take this. You know, I, I got a quarter and I got a, I got a dime. So I hand the guy the tip. See, and he turns around and says, "Hey, what are you? You're trying to be funny, buddy." He says, "I don't care, you know, for tip. If you don't want to give me a tip, don't give me no tip, right?" I said, "What do you mean, fella?" I says, uh, "Isn't thirty-five cents a good enough tip? After all, it was only a." A three-block ride, you know. In New York, you have to tip guys for, you know, just standing around a corner, see. So I said, you know, what are you trying? He says, all right. He says, here, Mike. He says, if you don't want to give me a tip, don't give me no tip. I said, well, 35 cents is not enough for tip. He's 35 cents in my ear. He says, what do you, you give me here? You trying to pull a fast one? He hands me back the, what do you think my quarter was? You know, it was a little aluminum thing that said, good free for one ride. Had a little aluminum star on it, and it said free, good for one ride. Now, don't tell me where I got that. I don't know where I got that. I don't hang around merry-go-rounds where they get free rides. Somebody gave me that for a quarter when I went in someplace to get change. So I tried to pass it off. I didn't know it was there. Perfectly innocent. Have you noticed that all of us tonight who are here are absolutely innocent people? That's a fantastic, uh, another coincidence. Really amazing. But everybody that listens and everybody that uh, you, Joe, Jerry, every, all of us, me, we're all very innocent. We never do anything wrong. It's the other guys. Boy, if we can only get rid of those other guys, just think how beautiful the world would be. It would just be beautiful. There's never any chicanery, never any hanky-panky, none of this kind of stuff, right? Well, uh, you know, I, I saw this roll of bills in my mind, and I immediately thought to myself, boy... Can you imagine what would happen if 2,000 years from now, give me a little classical music, this archaeologist is digging in the New Jersey littoral. That's, that's classical, yes. See, this is timeless classical. If you can bring a hazy, a kind of a bluish haze into your mind, we are now looking at the future. It is 2,000 years from now. As we see the solitary figure of a toiling archaeologist who is digging, digging, digging in the rocky shards of what is known as the New Jersey littoral. He is digging just uh, west of what, uh, of what uh, we would call today the uh, Route 46 interchange. It's out near Summerfield there. He's digging away. He's a little bit north of Route 22. What we call Route 22. 
they have, of course, their own esoteric word for it, which means uh, ancient way of ancient peoples. And he's digging amid the shards, the busted, the rusted hubcaps of our time, the broken Coke bottles of our existence. And suddenly he stops in his tracks and stands up. Hey, Professor Ossenschlager, will you come over here, please? And Professor Ossenschlager comes rushing over, a man with a heavy Van Dyke beard. He says, what is, what is that, the Hemo, what is? He says, my God, look what I have discovered. With a kid named Clarence L. Gutstop on it. And for the next ten years, archaeologists the world over try to figure out who this mysterious symbolic figure is, printed on the money of the time. Little Clarence. Little Clarence, whose most exquisite joys were spent in the Great Eastern on Route 22, in the toy department. Little Clarence, who went on to marry a girl named Ethel from Secaucus, had three kids, got a job at the DuPont plant, and quietly expired at the age of 62 after having tried to polish his car too briskly one morning, and his old ticker got him. But now he's immortal. It's known as the Clarence L. Gutstop people. He gave his name to an entire civilization that grew and flourished and declined on the banks of the Raritan, known as the early Raritan Coke bottle civilization. You don't see yourself as part of a timeless procession of history? Well, you're damn well better. That's the way history sees you. A timeless procession of endless human beings stretching all the way back to that primal man with red feet, to that creature in the very far distant future, in the roar of a tremendous violent atmosphere which will finally disappear in a cloud of cosmic dust. Man lived. Man existed and man died in the brief twinkling of a cosmic eyelash, a moment, a tick of the clock of the eternal cosmic solar time. Yes, for one brief eyelash flick, of the enigmatic god of history, man did exist for a brief period on this spinning globe, this bit of dust in the unfathomable solar system beyond solar systems. And Charlie Leroy Gutstop of West Plainfield gave his name to a whole civilization because one Christmas his father bought him a roll of phony $10 bills and had his picture imprinted right there next to the Big Ten. You never know what they're going to find, future generations, what's going to be left. Do you know that for centuries, you've heard of the Rosetta Stone? You've heard of the Rosetta Stone? Well, I shall tell you of the Rosetta Stone. It is one of the great keys to the ancient world a bridge between the ancient and the modern world. What is said on the Rosetta Stone? It's in effect a laundry list. 
It is. So God knows what early Rosetta chopped it out. You know, three togas, four bushkas, seven burskins, and please, no starch in the dough heap, please. And it existed age after age in the great sands of the dunes of eternity, finally to be discovered. Who knows? Maybe your credit card, your poor little sad credit card that you keep getting those dunning bills every month about may be the only thing left of our whole damn civilization. And our civilization, just let it go into the next one, Joe. Our civilization will give its, will have and take its name from your name. Yes, could very well be. The Guberman people. Why Guberman? Why Guberman? Well, Saul Guberman. One afternoon, he lost his credit card. And it nestled age after age amid the trees and the drifting leaves of the Bear Mountain State Park. Unfound, unseen. And it sank deeper and deeper into the loam. Ages later, when none of us exist, when the whole civilization that we know has disappeared, someone from another alien culture digs up the credit card, and it's the only thing found that has an actual name on it. Sal Leo Guberman. And so, it became known that the Guberman people lived in this neighborhood. Who knows? Don't be so didactic. Well, you don't know what didactic means. Well, don't be such a damn bullheaded lout. You do know what that means. All right. By the way, have you ever caught a bullheaded lout in the spring? That's when they're at their best. Good eating. Later on, they get a little muddy because they're bottom feeders, the bullheaded lout. They feed in the bottom, and of course, during the spawning season, their flesh gets a little gooey, but it's in the spring. When the blush of youth and the rush of spring is upon them, that the bullheaded lout at its best. Little breadcrumbs, a little butter, fry them lightly, and my God, they're good. Especially with dill pickles. Little mustard, maybe a little beer. So, you know, you pick them up, you lay them down, you do the best you can. And all the while, the winds blow through the solar systems. Moments of peace, tranquility, which, of course, is always a brief illusion. Moments of tranquility and of apparent status, where things seem to go on as they always have. But the cosmic winds blow in great swirling arcs throughout that vast, dark, indelible, and then suddenly, once again, another comet goes whistling through. Some can be predicted. Others can't. Who knows but what Ming the Merciless is on his way with Planet Mongo. And only Flash Gordon, 
Only Flash Gordon stands between us and disaster. You can see it in the sky! It's coming closer! We have 24 hours to live! It's blinding! Help! riding, no hands on the handlebars, on a very badly coordinated bicycle, down a vast ski slope of time. Not a bad image, is it? Activities of Flash Gordon. Uh. <laughs> you see, within every grove of drifting, floating, grasping ideas, there lies the kernel of evil. The kernel of evil. Is he just an honorary colonel? Or is he a colonel of the regular army of evil? Thank <laughs> you. 